You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. How are you doing today, Andy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, uh... Was just thinking about, um, before we sat down, we, I like to think about, we we're you know, it, it's quarantine and, and well, it's not, but yeah, it's the, it's the waning days of quarantine. Would you say we're still in quarantine? We're not really in quarantine. No, we're definitely not in quarantine. I think like by definition, we're not in quarantine. We're not in quarantine, but we're in a period of the pandemic where neither of us are going into the office yet. <clears throat> That's yeah. We're both working from home. So we see each other every day for our work days because we work in the same room and then we socialize in all the other rooms of our house. And so we see each other all the time. Yes. And so that got me to thinking about something else, which is now more than ever, we have to be intentional about taking space from each other and how we do that and build it into like almost build it into our daily routine, which is. Are you saying that because we're now also doing a podcast together? So that's just another intersection or is it because you will have nothing new to say to me during the podcast? No, we do that to survive. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you will, you will die if you don't get space from me. You will kill. You would kill me. That would be. The, I would die by, good, by your hand. By your hands. That's a. That um, is an accurate portrayal. And so, not only are we doing that, I assume many other people are deliberate are being deliberate about that and intentional about taking space from each other. And I'm so curious as like what the tools or routines people built into their life. I don't know. Out of how uh, much we've all analyzed the the pandemic, quarantine, life after COVID. That was absolutely disgusting. What yeah, you just did. sorry, sorry about that. I don't. In know. the middle of conversation, he we're, we're gonna have to cut that. I don't know if we can, Andy. It might be integral. So I'm curious to see in this post-COVID world what people's routines and the way the, the way in which that they are building space. I, I would be so curious to like post that on Reddit and see what gets back to us. I think that's a great question. I'm curious to ask some of our friends who are coupled. What do I do? So there's a couple things that I do that are very non-prescribed and that they just organically happen. One is Andy doesn't watch television and the way I watch TV is on my laptop. Andy also reads usually when I'm watching television. So when you're reading, you'll often ask me to put on my headphones. Usually I'm in a Netflix binge and you're reading and looking up sports scores and whatever. So by sort of mentally and emotionally we're having we're not intersecting even if physically we're in the same room alone together exactly and then we do have two bedrooms like guest, a guest. guest bedroom's been huge actually <laughs> yeah just to put it out there like andy likes a firmer mattress situation and i like to sleep in a cloud and so what i did was i created my ideal bed in the guest bedroom a mattress a foam topper a down topper linen sheets 
multiple blankets, multiple, like five pillows. I mean, like it would just, I mean, Andy says he'll like it, but then I know he would hate it if we use it. It's as a comfortable manner. bed, but I do like a firm mattress. So if I want space, I'd go sleep in there. And most of the time it's really because Andy farts a lot in his sleep and it smells. Uh, we're going to have to cut this. Terrible. What do you do? How do you get away? Uh, I go for long walks in the neighborhood. I read my books. I, uh, I paddleboard a lot in the summer, uh, try and just spend a day away from home in the mountain. Um, I ride my bike around town, go hang out on the beach in the summertime. That's pretty much it. Daily, I almost do daily walks. That's really helpful. Yeah, we don't, I don't know. I mean, I think we were very nervous when the pandemic started. We were living together already. We were not yet married. We had not spent this much time together by any stretch of the imagination. No. In fact, when we would go on vacation together and spend like for all that we would spend every day together for like a week, we at when we would get home, we'd be like, okay, we need a break from each other. Yeah. We had just gone to Arizona to spend time with his family the week prior to lockdown. And so we had spent time with family and together. And I really need to decompress after vacations anyway. And then we came back and we basically were told to stay home. I don't know that we've really had... I mean, I don't know. I think that we were just like in a good place in our relationship at that point where we didn't devolve into mayhem. I think we probably fought more, but I think it just sort of maybe it sped up our relationship. So we had to work. Well, we had to work through things that were. I felt like we had already worked through all of the big things. We had been going to couples therapy for like a year prior to that. I don't think it was was that long. I think it was only six months. Yeah. I just think when you spend that much time together, it just like, it's like relationship on steroids. That's true. Cause I do remember doing couples therapy like on our couch because we couldn't go into the office and we were definitely unpacking some stuff because we would like go to therapy virtually and then look at each other after therapy and be like, cool, let's, (laughs) let's go now work on our laptops next to each other. I uh, was in a relationship while I was traveling. Tell, Tell the audience where you were traveling. I was in India for three months and I started dating someone and we traveled together for about a month and a half. It was, again, it was sort of like dating in quarantine. You were, it was on steroids. You were together. We were together constantly. A week was like a month of dating. And by dating for six weeks was literally like we knew each other and had the fights and relationship progression of a couple that had been together for six months. It was, it was pretty bizarre. Yeah. I mean, do you think that was... I mean, I, I don't want to have to classify it, but do you think that was better or worse for the relationship? I mean, it was, I don't think it was anything. I think you, I think you figure out whether you're compatible quicker. I don't know if it necessarily put that much more strain on it or anything, but it really like we got to a place and had figured out why we weren't compatible, probably in the amount of time it would have taken us like three or four months. I don't know. I think there's part of building equity with somebody over time that enables you to sometimes overcome things that in a an acute concentrated way might be less bearable. Like you there were parts of the way you handled conflict that I really thought were deal breakers and there were parts of how I handled conflict that I think you really had a, you struggled with. I don't know. I just I don't know that it would have been effective as a like okay, I'm going to sign on the dotted line right now. The other thing is like being in a travel setting, like everyone around you is traveling and like in the same, it's, it's a weird. Yeah. I don't, yeah. There's something about the idea of like 
me as a traveler, trying to build a relationship just feels like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And there were times that it was a disaster. Can you reveal any of those times? Yeah. I mean, well, like, so full disclosure, the relationship was tough because I think she was in love with me and I was not in love with her. Yeah, that that's a bummer. I was treating it like a, oh, we're traveling. It's like, we're traveling. It's a traveling relationship. And she's like, well, I have, you know, and she didn't say it ex super explicitly, but was like, yeah, I don't see it that way. I want this to be a real relationship. that's a pretty good segue into this question. Great. User Uzumiki, a 22-year-old female, writes, how do I break up on good terms? I've been in this relationship for about a year. It's had its ups and downs and some arguments. This was my first serious relationship, and I didn't know how they work or which type of person I wanted to be with or what types of things I consider red flags. Now that I've been here for a while and we've passed the honeymoon phase, at least I have, I've started to see that I won't be able to spend my life with him and that I can't compromise on his major quirks and the other differences we have. I've always said I want to work on our relationship, despite the problems we have, but honestly, I don't want to anymore. I've tried to break up once in the past. It's not that I don't love him, I just don't want to have him as a partner. He'd be a good friend, and I don't mind staying friends, but no, no romantic relationship. So how do I break things off on good terms without him asking a ton of follow-up questions? So I have an answer that I've given to many friends in the past, and I... I, I firmly uh, feel this way is that there's really only one way to break up, which is you tell someone that you don't want to be with them anymore and then you stop seeing them. You don't be friends with them. You don't try to become friends. You don't keep hooking up. You don't stay in the friend group. You give them space to heal and get over it. You give them a lot of distance for, I don't know, maybe have lunch with them six months later to see how they're doing. Uh, how did you break up with this woman that you had been traveling with? I essentially told her this, but she was not really taking it that well. What does that mean? I'm not going to say stalking me, but <laughs> she had a little bit of a... I'm not going to say stalking me, but I'm going to say stalking no, me. No, she just had a little... Here, well, here's the circumstances that I was... We were in India for like five weeks together, and then it was really unraveling, and I had already agreed to go to... I had already decided to go to Vietnam... And that's where she lived was in Hanoi. And she had given me a bunch of cool trips to go on. And it was like a really good way to go travel somewhere because I had like a pretty good itinerary all built out and someone who was really knowledgeable about the place. We get to Vietnam and we pretty much, I ended it pretty much right then, like, or like a couple days in, but she knew where I, what part of town I was staying in. She could show up places and, and find me. Wow. And she did that a couple of times. I think that's a really important point, right? Which is like, how do I break up on good terms? it's not really up to you. You know what I mean? Like it's a two party yeah. experience. And so the idea that I can control how the person is going to receive me ending the relationship, it's just, it's such a foolish endeavor. Yeah. At this point, you just need to do what's best for them and give them the space to heal. And you know, where the cards fall, let them fall, right? There, there isn't really any way for you to control this or you to come out looking like the good guy or, like at the end of the day, they're going to make up their opinions of you and how everything went down. And, and you're not going to have any control or say in that. And you're just going to have to move on with your life. 
What do you think of this part of the question where the user states that they want to break up without risking their boyfriend asking a lot of follow-up questions? I, I think that they don't want to be open and vulnerable and share what they shared with us, which is that they don't like some of their quirks and they don't like some of the ways they handle they can they handle themselves and they're just not right for each other. Yeah. I just you- after we've been together for a long time, I don't think we're right for each other and I want I don't want to be with you anymore. And it's that's gonna be painful no matter how you fucking say it, you know? Yeah. How how do you think someone should approach the fact that most of the time you're breaking up because there are aspects of another person that you don't like. You have to say, I don't feel like this is a match. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I need space and I want to give you space to heal. Yeah. I also think if you've committed a year of your life to somebody and they to you, like you owe them more than I'm breaking up with you. I'm sorry. And I don't want to talk about it. That's on you and you have to face your fears and you have to face your communication skills or lack thereof. And you have to come to the table willing to have a conversation, even if it's difficult. And when you can also say like, you know, if you're worried, you don't have all the right answers. You can say like, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. I'm not, I haven't been able to meditate totally. on that. I'm not hundred percent sure. Like I can't in a, in a two sentences, give you the exact reasons why we're breaking up. I just know it's right. And I've been thinking about it for a while and, and, this is my decision. Yeah, I and, really and like be that. really final and really exacting. I, I, like as painful as that is, you sort of have to be cold and calculated. It is a breakup. The best way someone broke up with me ever was I was dating this guy. He had moved to Brooklyn from Colorado, and he was like, "I'm gonna go back to Colorado to see some friends." And he was like two weeks in Colorado, and then they drove to California. And like the first week he was in Colorado, he texted and like there was contact. And then the second week it fell off pretty dramatically and I could, you know, just intuit something had changed. And he came back to Brooklyn and was like, let's get together. And I was like, great. Do you want to go get dinner? And he was like, let's go to the park and like, you know, have a picnic. And I was like, this person's person's breaking up with me. We went to the park and he sat down and was like, listen, I went back to Colorado. I saw my ex-girlfriend. We spent a week together. Bummer. I'm definitely not over that relationship. And I don't really think it's fair to you for me to pretend like it's any other thing than that, even though this person doesn't live here and I don't know where it's going to go. And like, I, you know, I wish the best to you, but like, we can't be together. I was really gracious and I was really hurt. And yeah, that's a little bit different than you have, (laughs) you have uh, uncomfortable quirks or like huge character deficits that I can't deal with. But it was, it was like, that person to this day goes down as like a really classy individual. Have you learned about breaking up well from really bad behavior you've had in breakups before? Yeah. Do you mind disclosing? Yeah. I mean, the uh, the obvious one, the reason why I think you have to give people space is like the, the messiness of like, oh, like we broke up and then like a month later we started, we slept together and it was like, no big deal. Like, it's just, it's just nice because we know each other and like, we both wanted to have sex and like, it's not a big deal. Oh wait, like a week later, you know, we're, I'm, we're having another breakup again because it actually was a big deal. Someone's feelings were actually hinging on the potential of getting back together. And yeah. And I've been through that messiness and I've been through, Okay, I know we broke up, but like I just need to meet with you to talk to you about it. And then like 
that didn't help. Uh, that didn't oh answer any questions. Just you saying that makes me sick to my stomach yeah. because I have done that shit. Like my 20s, that was like an Eleanor MO. Like, let's just talk it out. And like, just like, I just feel like there's some unresolved shit, which was really me just trying to manipulate my way into like, yeah, the and then they would have, again. then we would have sex because they would be like, okay. You're right. Like, it's all good. Like, <laughs> let's like, just have sex. And then it'd be like, you had sex with me. Why? And then you had the audacity and not to yeah. continue dating me. Let's hear what the Redditors have to say. User Bents33 writes, say that you don't see this working out and that you're done. I think something that, that might help is putting it from the perspective that this is the best decision for both of you. It's not just because you want it, but also because he doesn't deserve someone who isn't there with him every step of the way. You can answer some questions, but that's a tactic he can use to keep you around. So you have to make it clear that it's done and there's no coming back from this. Agreed. I used to tell this to myself to help rationalize, especially like rejection on a short term. Like you guys weren't a match for each other and they figured it out before you did. Okay. Instead of me providing a retort, I want to read the follow-up response from user Zachron21 to Benz33. Zachron21 writes, if I may interject from the male perspective, please don't do that. We do not believe that you care about our future happiness, and it sounds patronizing to tell us what is best for us. We are not your children. I personally, at least, would just prefer to keep it simple, say that you are no longer happy in the relationship and it's time to go your separate ways. Breaking up is hard and should be hard. You are going to hurt a person even if you don't want to. That is why it's important to try and make the best decisions getting into relationships in the first place. So I guess my question is, do you feel like it's patronizing to say, hey, this is best for both of us? Think I thought they were telling the the breaker upper, hey, think about it. Like maybe you're doing something good for them. And which I maybe you are, but I don't think you need to tell them that. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Like I I think that's an interesting duality, right? It is good for you to know that if you're unhappy in a relationship, it is actually good for both parties that you leave it. Again, there's scenarios where you should work on it. There's a ton of other tools in the toolkit if there are parts of the relationship that are not functioning as well as you'd like, but you ultimately still believe that this is a person you can have a successful relationship with. But if you know, I do not want to be in this relationship, sticking to the relationship, staying around is, I think, disrespectful to the other person as well. Yeah, that sucks. It was. It took me so you're, long. You're not going to be the good guy in this. You're going to be. A, you're going to be their enemy for a little while, and that's okay. I have tried to be friends with all of my exes and it has been effective in varying degrees. In none of those scenarios was it because I did anything. There was some tactic I had up my sleeve to make yeah. it happen. It was because... You can't like finesse it. No, or like if there's not some like secret sauce that if you just do this, if you just say this during your breakup, you're going to come out on the other side with yeah, a friendship. If you only meet at public parks. <laughs> and then and then say, it's not you. It's that I'm in love with my, ex, my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. If you don't kiss while you have sex, you can maintain a friendship. Yeah, exactly. Okay, 
TLDR. TLDR. Ending a relationship is nearly always difficult, whatever the catalyst may be. While you may want to remain friends with your past love interests, that's not wholly up to you to determine. The only thing you can guarantee is that you leave the relationship with empathy for the other person and your own integrity and values intact. While honesty is important, make sure that you come clean about how you feel about the relationship in a caring and careful way. This one was relatively straightforward. I am curious as, uh, you know, as always, I want more information from the asker, but we're not going to get it. These are all learning experiences and it sounds like they're already pretty far ahead of most people. Yeah. And, and they didn't cut bait when it got hard. They tried to work on the relationship. Yeah. Like again, all really good And they skills. don't want to hurt the person. Like that is totally, they're, they're coming not vindictive at it or empathetically. angry or. Yeah. Know. They don't want to burn bridges there. So I, I think it's like harness all of your intuition <laughs> that you've developed in your life and that you've kind of used to decide this in that conversation. Part of this work might be spend some time journaling and figuring out how do I feel? What are the things yeah. I'm looking for in my life? How do I want, you know, to change and grow and and like what what ways can I take responsibility? Yeah, it takes a while to learn that. It does. And you you shouldn't beat yourself up over that. You shouldn't feel bad that you got into a relationship that you now need to end. It's not like you came into this relationship meaning to hurt somebody. The human race would be gone if people were that apprehensive about entering relationships. Sure. And like, it is yeah. smart to be really thoughtful about who you get into a long-term committed relationship And the with. way you learn that is by getting into relationships <laughs> you don't want to be in. And also like what, I don't believe in soulmates, but I do think that people are just more or less compatible, right? Like- You don't believe in soulmates? I thought you did. <laughs> I thought, you, I legit thought you believed in soulmates. No, did you really? I thought you did, or at least wanted to. No, I absolutely do not believe in soulmates. I don't either. So it's not you're not hurting me by I mean, telling think, me something I'm pretty damn sure is not true. Well, I know, but the the way that you first interjected was I just thought you I thought it was like soulmates. comically you're like how dare you and no, you're no, really no. like no, I literally thought one of your I realized it had that effect, but I I actually did think that you believed in soulmates. I have dated people for a myriad so many different reasons, some being healthy and some not, but even the healthy ones knowing that I'm not going to get married to that person and not feeling like I'm somehow cheating them out of a future or myself out of a future because it wasn't, it was just not the stage of my life where I, I needed to really say, we cannot see each other anymore unless we're going to have kids in, in a two-car garage. Right. Yeah, she's 22. Be respectful of your boundaries. You don't have to also date around if that's not comfortable for you, but like, don't like it's, it's okay to not yeah, don't, know. Don't get married until you're like 32 or three. <laughs> don't get, just don't get married. I didn't get married until I was 35. It was a great decision. That was my plan too. I was like, I don't think I want to be married until I'm 35. And I got married when I was 35. Yeah. I mean, I, I got married when I was 19 and then I got married when I was 36. So I have a, a bit of a different perspective perspective sure. i definitely don't think you should which, mar which marriage was better the one which one or 35 i don't look back on it i'm like that was a bad marriage it was a relationship that i was unprepared to commit to for the rest of my life because i got married at 19 which i think is a different i just think that's a different way of thinking of it well that's all i have that's all i've got too we should do this again we should do this again Fresh Out of Experts is a production of Narrowest, a website exploring what makes podcasting similar to and deeply different from what came before. You can find more about the show at narrowest.news and at narrowest on social. That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. 
Our theme music is Only Knows, courtesy of Broke for Free. Additional music is Bivly by Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.